Welcome to the Heart of Rural America podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Radke, an American cattle rancher and motivational speaker, raising my kids and writing children's books in South Dakota. There's a David and Goliath story unfolding in agriculture today. And I don't know about you, but my money is on the underdog, the hardworking folks who value faith, family, freedom, and their farming communities. This show will highlight the untold stories of these resilient and determined families who I have the great pleasure of meeting in my travels across this nation as an agricultural speaker. It is my hope that their stories will remind us to live with great courage because we are not alone in this fight to keep producers on the land and meet dairy and eggs on the dinner table. Now let's hit the dusty trail together as we uncover the heart of rural America. Welcome to the show. Here's my mom, Amanda Radke. Hey everybody, it's Amanda Radke. We're back for another episode of the Heart of Rural America podcast. This show is made possible by my dear friends at CK6 Consulting. So you've heard the name, you've heard the program and what they do. But today I get the one and only Chris Earl in the hot seat to answer some questions. And so welcome to the show today, Chris. Hey Amanda, thanks for having me again. Hot yeah. seat I see, that'd be great. Yeah, hot seat. Always, always. Everybody wants to hear the good stuff in the, the beef cattle industry. So I've got the guy with a very interesting and unique perspective. You get to travel across the country helping your clients market and sell their cattle. And so I guess just to kick things off, folks have heard CK6. You're one of the podcast sponsors, but tell us about what you do, how, how you got into this business and how you help families across the country. Yeah, I, I uh, really got in this business in 2009 when I started a consulting company because really I had managed a program for about 20 years, came across a lot of the customers of that program and through that venture really saw to where, you know, I was talking to these customers about all year. I mean, I was talking to them on a regular basis and we were talking genetics and talking marketing and you know, talking everything cattle and Angus cattle. And really when, when, when that occupation came to an end, I, I saw kind of a hole. I caught, I saw maybe, maybe more so a need for, you know, somebody that could thrust themselves into the parts of the business that a lot of people didn't have the ability to, mm-hmm. or maybe don't want to. And that's where the premise of, of really started a consulting company on a 365 day a year venture became important to me. I've often told people that uh, sale day is important, might be the most important day of the year for a lot of people. But for me, the other 3664 make for the good one day. And so I think what we do at CK6 Consulting and really try hard at is really help people position their efforts, their genetics for the marketplace, that it's desired, that it's needed, that it's pursued, all those things that I think make for a great business. So you know, it's developed into almost 30 clients and uh, keeps us very active. I'm doing over 100,000 miles on the road. I'm a visual guy. I feel like I need to see the programs. I need to meet, see the people eye to eye, and I need to see the genetics. So uh, I don't think that'll ever cease. So we are, we are on that venture of really plowing a lot of good people, a lot of good families into the marketplace and doing everything that it takes individually, uh, to give them the best advice and the best effort for them to be successful. And you're not just someone that's doing this on paper, a guy in a suit that is just looking at the business like a concept and saying, oh, this is all you have to do to make money. You are in the business, fully invested. CK6 is Chris and Krista Earl, and the six is the six kids. And this is an extension of what your family does. And so tell us about the ranch and, and what you guys do. Yeah, in I tell people I'm one of my one of my clients, you know. So matter of fact, as, as soon as we get off this podcast, I gotta breed donors and I gotta go check uh, recip heats and you know, I gotta do all the things that it takes to ranch. And I really truly, as I've gotten into this uh a man over the years, I don't think I can give good advice unless I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I really don't. So, you know, if I'm not out finding the sick ones, if I'm not out calving the cows, if I'm not out bailing the hay or, or doing all those things that I, I give advice on, then I, I just don't know how, I, how I'd be any good, good at it. So, you know, and I think the financial part is probably where I feel like I'm centered because I believe rural America, especially over the last maybe three decades, I think there's been a cloud over rural America that we should be, maybe just do this for the living Maybe we should just do this as a romantic venture. 
that's not the case. Uh, you know, this thing has to be profitable for the people that do it. So their families can be exposed to all great things in America and that these young people want to do this. You know, I think I, uh, hopefully I bring a good perspective that way. And, you know, I've got challenges myself and all my operations have challenges that both, you know, on the work side and the financial side and our goal is to conquer them. So, uh, you know, we've got a ranch here in Northeast New Mexico, full of challenges. Uh, number one's drought. Number two is altitude. And it's a great challenge. I love it. I tell people when I'm on the road and I, I get my truck pointed towards the, uh, towards the ranch, I'm like a barn sour horse, you know, there's nothing going to turn me. So I, uh, I'm the worst employee at this point because I'm not reliable to my boys and not here. So, <laughs> so when I'm here, I try and ask, where do you need me and what do I need to do? And, and let them direct me around and try and get all my consulting stuff done in the mornings and the night and, and uh, you know, when I can during parts of the day. So Trent and Garrett sitting right there saying, let's wrap this up, dad. We got stuff to do. <laughs> no, but I can hear the tractors running in the back. We're going to haul some manure and, you know, I can know there's a pivot running that probably needs a little care. And so they're good about it. I, uh, at this point, they just don't count on me. <laughs> so anything I can do above that, it's a good day. Well, I think it's worth noting too, people will be interested in that you're not from New Mexico. This is a wild change for the Earl family. So tell us about where you come from and how you landed where you did. We're Illinois people. So we were Northern, Northern Illinois. And, you know, my grandpa had a ranch in Southern Arizona when I was young, right on the Mexican border. And so we'd venture out all the time for Roundup and, and visit. And I just really caught the, caught the bug for the Southwest. Mm-hmm. And um, then as I got through my my college career and and got into the really the cattle side uh i knew genetics is where i wanted to be too so really what i i've married really two of the things that i think are most important to me and that's challenges and that's genetics so we're trying to bring a progressive uh, genetic to no one's really tried to before and what i mean by progressive is really try and create animals that can that can perform at high altitude and tough country but also bring all the premium prospects of end product merit, but also bring the premium prospects of survivability in tough conditions. And, you know, fat's an antagonism to that, but we need fat for, for the marbling. And our venture is to, it's an, it's an ever going venture, is to try and marry those two together and, and try and create that product so that people in the Southwest can still see the premiums that the rest of the, rest of the country do. So I got a great team and, 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 and my number one team is my wife, Krista, because she's, you know, city gal that, you know, never probably thought she'd have six kids and never probably thought she'd smell cattle manure every day of her life and <laughs> never thought she'd be stuck in Northeast New Mexico when I'm gone half the time. So two became one when I was 22 and she was 21. She's a very black and white person. I never have to guess where I'm at, but she is the most loyal, most supportive person a guy could have in his life. And it's everything that I think God knew I needed. And she is up for the fight for all things family, all things business. I think that kind of is what brought us together is that shared value and understanding of family and, and faith and all of those things. And, and yeah, it, it does take a team to be in this cattle business. You, you can't be half in on this. It's a, it's an entire life commitment and a, just a dedication to being a steward of the land and the livestock and trying to raise kids on the land. And it's troubling because we're seeing many exit this business. I mean, this is not an easy way to make a living by any means. But before we kind of dive into some of those challenges and also some of the excitement you see in the beef industry, I guess we've got to talk about the elephant in the room. For people that have been following me for any amount of time, they know my family has been in the limousine business since 1982. And I, I write children's books and I speak at agricultural events. And a lot of people have been asking, what the heck are you doing with this Angus consultant group? And so I guess let's talk about that a little bit, how, how that came to be, because I say this tongue in cheek, but we kind of broke the internet this summer with that announcement that I was joining the team. The Heart of Rural America is presented to you by my dear friends at CK6 Consulting, a cattle business consulting service with a purebred Angus focus. I recently joined the CK6 crew, and I would love to connect with you at an upcoming sale. Check out the sale calendar at ck6consulting.com to learn more about opportunities to invest in elite Angus genetics coming from our progressive and innovative clients who truly exemplify what it means to be the heart of rural America. And for all your semen needs, visit ck6source.com. 
an online stud service that features some of our clients' top performing bulls. Give Chris Earl, Wes Teeman, Cody Fleeman, or myself a call with any questions or business inquiries you may have. CK6 is all about families helping families, and I'm so proud and grateful to be a part of it. Now let's get back to the show. So if you could just kind of talk about the team and how, how you've kind of pieced together the individuals that you work with CK6. So I like to be very perceptive, you know, as it relates to sincerity of purpose. And that is, you know, can I read and can I get a feel and can I gauge effort? Can I gauge results to what I perceive in the person? And I do that to myself daily. You know, it's through prayer and discernment. You know, you try and you try and manage these things in your own life and and make sure that that I am working on the Lord's behalf and the Lord's will and and not work on Chris Earl's will or behalf. Mm-hmm. And because that is an endless pit of vanity and pride, those things I struggle with on a daily basis. And I, you know, I use him and and his life and prayer to get over that. So so when I go to really build a team, that's what I was looking for. What I was looking for, and it takes taken me a long time. I was looking for somebody that had that same kind of goal and perspective in their life and and maybe needed an older guy like me that hopefully has gained some wisdom through life and gained some stuff that life that can add to that purpose when you're in your 30s and you know life is becoming real and the kids are getting in activities and and all those things and so you know that's when I found my my partner Wes when I started TM and I I just saw a great young man and I saw a very sincere young man and I saw a guy that was a work ethic that would rival any. And then I thought he had a talent with people. I just think that, you know, as you go into a room, I mean, is this somebody that can be approachable? Is this someone that will approach other people? Mm-hmm. And he is. He's absolutely grown into everything way past what I thought he'd be. You know, then we started the auctioneer. I gave him his first auctioneer. He, he, he really wanted to bring a talent and a skill. And, you know, I think he's the best in the world. You know, I know I'm prejudiced. He's my partner. But I think he's the best in the world. I go up there. We've done hundred million dollars in sales in the last five years. So I get to watch a guy at work. You know, I think he's as fair and honest and, and gathers up as much val, val, value uh, for the people he's working for and the people he's selling to as anybody I've ever been around. That brought me to, which was a, a close co- uh, confident him was Cody. Cody is same, same pattern. I mean, just servant minded, you know, he is fearless in calling anybody. He digs into every nuance of our, of our program, which really frees me up to hopefully stay focused on genetics and marketing and people. And, and, you know, he's just been, you know, I, I, I just, he has so much talent that I don't think he even knows yet that I think as we go down the road and hopefully I can keep this thing constructed to the point that all that talent gets exposed to the, to the rest of the country. I'm just excited about him. And then, you know, and then we added you. And I mean, I just simply, I mean, I'll just tell you how it started as I watched a young lady that, that was full of passion and uh, fire and was fearless in a situation where she was writing for, you know, a deal that was going to come down on her, that was going to put her in a tough spot someday that she was going to have to choose what she really believed in compared to what her paying job wanted her to do. So I decided to reach out to uh, her, you, and say, hey, look, you know, you've got a friend here. I know it's about to happen to you. I'm probably going to be in that part of the country at some point. You know, maybe we can meet for coffee. Well, you know, everything that I thought was, uh, happen. And that was, you invited me to mass. That's a big thing for Chris Earl. And, uh, hopefully it's a great big thing for a lot of people, but experiencing that with you was unbelievable, you know, and that brought me to your soul, not to your mind. And, and I think that's important for me. And then, uh, you know, as we talked that day and, you know, I remember I told you, I, I can be a great friend. And as that went on, hopefully I proved that through my efforts. And then, uh, you told me you had to be part of this. And I said, let's work it out. And we did. And I think I've got a talent that there's nobody like it in the business. And I think that talent is going to go to the benefit of my clients and customers. I think that talent is going to go to the benefit of people that want to do this way of life and need somebody that is fearless in communicating it. And she's on our team. Where that role fits explicitly, I don't know yet. We're figuring a lot of things out and a lot of things are coming in that I think uh, are even bigger than I thought could be. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to watch it grow and be part of and, and, you know, hopefully watch your sons and daughters get married someday and look back on this as one of the, you know, one of the great things that ever happened to me in my life. So that's, that's my goal. 
it's a blessing to be a part of the team. And I know you're humble, so you won't tell and you're probably sick of me telling the story because a lot of people have asked, like, how did you guys get hooked up together? And I was writing a book with my illustrator, Michelle Weber, titled Faith Family Freedom, and we needed to crowdsource it to get that thing off the ground. We feel very strongly in these values and that they're lacking in the public discussions and that kids aren't being presented to valuing life and liberty and family and community and, and faith. So we wanted to put out this story and I posted on social media that I needed sponsors. And within 30 seconds, a guy named Chris Earl had had sponsored that book. And, and that was my first thought, who is Chris Earl? And, and you're right, we, we met first time at mass. I don't know many people that start a business relationship at, at mass, but it seemed very fitting because that is for me, nothing else matters is, is serving God and discerning in my heart where I need to be. And also I saw you and Wes do your thing at Heart Angus up at the sale up there. And it's true. You two are our dynamic team. You talk the cattle well. Wes is just an absolute machine at being able to identify the buyers and keep a sale rolling and keep that momentum going. And yeah, I was just totally, I, I needed to be a part of this. And and if I could just say, you know, for me, it's full circle. I've been on the road. I've done a hundred speeches in the last 18 months talking to producers about how we need to become price makers instead of price takers, how we can no longer accept that this is just a romantic way of life and a great setting to raise our kids, but it has to be a profitable business for us to be a part of. Otherwise, our expiration date is already written. And to me, being able to put it into practice and to get to step into this role of helping families, to me, it's there's no greater no greater passion. And so it's truly, I, I'm gushing now, but I, I just feel like it's a great blessing and getting to meet the clients that CK6 has brought to the table, getting to see that they're living the same life. They are putting in the effort. They understand the risks and the challenges, but just that that achievement of reward of, of when the genetics work and when the, the matings come together and when the customers that it reflects in their buying and, and how much they're willing to pay for the value you're bringing to the marketplace. Like that's the secret sauce. And, and so there's a lot of things I could focus on in D.C. or in politics or what I want Congress to do to change the beef industry or to somehow save the American beef producer. But at the end of the day, too many of us will go out of business if we wait for that to happen. So right now, the action to be taken is how do we focus on profitability? And that's what I believe CK6 does and, and does very well. And so I'm just grateful for the opportunity. And I guess now it's on record why why we're paired up. And like you said, it's just beginning. We are just beginning yep. the adventure and good days are ahead. And, and so today I wanted to hop on here to discuss a great day we just had, which we're coming off the tail end of an incredible sale, the Genetic Allies sale that was hosted by Mudge Farms in LaSalle, Illinois. And it brought together most of your clients who consigned the best of their best. And holy smokes, if that wasn't an incredible day, I, I think I'm still on cloud nine, just looking at the sale report and seeing the response of the buyers. And so I guess, tell us about that sale. How did it come to be? And just kind of your thoughts on, on this year's event. You know, I've got one of my original clients that started with me back in 2008 and 2009 and has really grown to be my, you know, one of my best friends. And that's uh, John and Tom Wessel, you know, they're Pine, Pine View Angus and, you know, John's up for anything. I mean, John's uh, would be one of the top pioneer seed corn salesmen in the state of Iowa. You know, he is a phenomenal energy, phenomenal talent in what we do. And, you know, I went with him to an idea and I said, Johnny, let's, let's try and do an ally sale. You and I, you know, back there. And, you know, if we take some people on early and want to be part of it, let's do it. He was all, all about it. So the first two years, you know, he really hosted this and, and we got to the third year and, you know, you, 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 it's a lot of effort to have one of these sales. And, you know, so he said, you know, he's kind of, you know, it was like, maybe we can look and see if there's young, but you know, somebody young out there that wants to do it. Well, as soon as, our new clients, the, the mudges heard it. They jumped all over it and they wanted to do it. And, and my goodness, they did. I mean, I, I was, you know, I was telling people, they look like they've been doing this for 10 years. The mm -hmm. setting was perfect. Clay, I think called all the consigners, made sure they were all taken care of housing, cattle, if they're bringing or whatever, anything they need, just the, a gracious, hardworking family that's excited to be in the business that has a lot of other things going that, you know, uh, were terrific hosts. And we had over, I think, 22 or 23 clients there. 
you know, that all came. It's been a long time since we had that many in one air, in one setting, you know, and then here we go. We're going down the road of price discovery. And that is, you know, when you've got this many different genetics, this many different cattle in a new setting in Western Illinois, much of it done on the internet because, you know, physical cattle, very much challenging to get there in, in August. And, you know, from the get go, we have a, one of our, I, I, she's not part of, she's not part of uh, CK6, but Hannah that does our design work yep. is just a phenomenal talent. I mean, I've just very rarely have I ever come across somebody that can read my mind and put it on paper and, and just really morse herself into the, into the client's image and it's empathy. It's, you know, it's one of those great talents of when you can look at people and, and really figure out where do I need to position them. And she just did a great book, just a great book. And Cody was, just, we put Cody in and this is one of his first books he did. And I just thought they were phenomenal, you know, uh, giving young people a shot. And, and I thought it was very professional and laid out really good. And then we started putting it in the ring and selling it. Like most of all of our sales, it was you know, at the end, it was excellent. There was ebbs and flows through it. You know, you get a lot of commentary after sales. You got a lot of people tell you, well, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this. Well, at the end of the day, we pride ourselves in every animal sells. There's a buyer and a contending bidder and we push them and, and we try and bring as much value both for the buyer and, and the seller in, the, in a real world setting. And, you know, we are very, very thankful and very proud of the fact that I think we can achieve prices in the real world setting on real world cattle that very, very few can. And uh, I think that happened, you know, so, you know, we were going through, I think anything not semen or, or an egg average, like 10, 10,100, you know, you start getting into the five digit marks on animals like that. It's, it's, I think it's an extraordinary feat. We had 80 plus eggs that averaged uh, over a thousand dollars a piece. You know, the last 18 months has been a real pressure on selling fetuses, pregnancies. Those pregnancies, I think, average 7,800. You know, and when you're selling a fetus in a, in a commercial cow and position yourself well enough to get paid for a fetus at that level, it's a good business. You know, our job is to uh, communicate the programs, help them design it, put it in front of the market, and really try and, and, try and bring a true price discovery and really communicating the value as if, because this is all discretionary money. You know, it's not like a bull sale where people have to have bulls to get their cows bred or their heifers bred. This is discretionary money. This is this is somebody who doesn't feel like they got to buy a female. So, you know, selling females is there's an art to it. It's challenging. And uh, but at the end of the day, I think it's a very much needed thing for young programs, especially to be profitable in this business. So especially in the East, I mean, you know, bull sell markets are usually better in the West. And, you know, for people that need cash flow and income, you, you, you have to do, you have to be good at this. So uh, just by the end of the day, it was just a phenomenal sale. Best we've ever had with the ally sale, huge crowd. I, I, I would guess 250 to 300 people and, you know, just a great setting, just a great setting for a sale and just proud of all that the team did to put in and make it happen. Working cattle can be stressful at times, but the job is made so much easier with equipment that is safe, strong, and simply designed. I highly recommend Real Tough Livestock Equipment for all your working facility needs. We just installed the Deluxe Chute at Radke Landing Cattle, and it has been an absolute game changer as we run cows through our chute during AI season. It's durable and easy to use, and it's made to last a lifetime. Real Tough offers a wide range of products, including calving barns, panels, loading chutes, tubs, alleys, and portable working systems. Manufactured in the U.S. of A., Real Tough is family-owned and operated. Their commitment to helping farm and ranch families truly exemplifies what this show is all about. Learn more at realtough.com, that's T-U-F-F, -F, and be sure to tell them Amanda sent you to receive an extra bonus with your order. Let's get you some iconic green, real tough equipment headed your way. I promise you're going to love it. It was a pretty incredible day. And it's worth noting of all the hundreds of places I've spoke at across the country, I've not once ever spoke at a production sale leading up to the sale. And I, I, I admit I was nervous. I was so nervous because 
you're setting the tone for the day. You are getting people, they're either going to feel optimistic or they're not. And that's going to reflect in how much they're willing to spend. And I didn't want to gloss over the challenges that this beef industry has. And and so this is where we put you in the hot seat, Chris Earl, is I write about it often. What's going on in the beef industry today? I mean, from the top down, we have 85% of our beef supply is held captive by four major packers, a couple of them foreign owned, a couple of them criminals in their own country. We have these beef imports flooding the market at a time where the cattle guy here is is not getting a fair shake or markets can be manipulated or or your competitive bids just aren't there. In the last 20 years, we've lost 75% of our feedlot owners in this country. Every year in this country, we lose another 1,300 cow-calf guys. And the challenges are immense. We see land pressures for development or farming. It's very hard to keep pasture ground anywhere anymore. You know that very well coming from Illinois. And so there's all these things that I get to hear from people. On top of that, our government has basically declared war on on the beef producer. There's there's no subsidies, not that we want them, but there's no propping up our industry by any means. The cow farts are the constant discussion in the climate change tyranny we're seeing. We've got the FDA that just decided that they would approve for lab-grown meat to, to come and be sold in this country, which signals to me they don't think the cowboy is going to exist. So we have all these factors coming into play, input costs, wars halfway around the world that impact our markets, and you're still smiling. So what is it about it? What what would you tell the average beef producer in this country? Why are you optimistic right now? Why do you find joy in this? And where do the opportunities exist for the cattleman and woman? Well, I, be- I, I smile and I believe and I, 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 I take joy in the sacrifice and the effort and the, and the fight uh, is because I believe in the Lord. I mean, I, I believe in his purpose. I believe in a country that started this country on his purpose, and that is free will. And, you know, free will for me is independent thought, is the ability to wake up every day and have an independent mind and independent thought. And look, greed and power hate independent thought. Mm -hmm. It is in their way. And right now, if you take a 100,000 foot view of the world, there is only one segment of the world that is standing aside and say, we will not be part of what you're doing. And that is the American rancher. Mm -hmm. And because they are American rancher for a reason, because Mm -hmm. they like independent thought, they like to construct their day. They like the challenges of the weather and the cattle and the live animals and all that stuff. And we know we have stood in the way for a free market. I'm also smiling because we have two tools that nobody else has is we have the product and we have the land. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the product, you know, if they're trying to keep this product to where the land is not the primary source of green grass is not the primary source of turning it into meat, then banks will fail because if land is only good for hunting, then, you know, banks will fail. Uh, land will become not much value. And there are a lot of the wealthy in this class that we've created a class of this own land. They will not let this happen. Yep. However, you know, we need to start understanding we have the leverage. We have the leverage and the ownership of the cattle and the ownership of the land. And we need to start flexing that leverage. Mm-hmm. What corporations and, uh, you know, and governments and associations do is they really placate to the least common denominator. And that's the fear of the producer. And, you know, they, as you've seen in farming and you've seen in other places, you know, chicken, they start by here. We can do this for you early, mm-hmm. you know, in order to get you in. You know, basically they are saying here, we can make your life a little less risky. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a firm believer that you have to have the ability to fail and you have to have the ability to succeed in order to have a good market. Yep. And that creates competition. And that is what the Lord, I believe, wants for all of us. He does not uh, want you to placate to a government on a subsidy. He doesn't want those things to come in to alleviate your risk. Because what happens is once you start alleviating your risk, it's a slippery slope. And then next thing you know, you've got a lot of subsidy. You've got a lot of help coming in that really takes away from the free market, takes away from the ability to fail, but also takes away from the ability to succeed and prosper. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where 
you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, the major four packers and a lot of the people that carry their water for them, you know, that's what they play on. You know, a lot of these people just want a Friday paycheck. All these people that come, you know, there's really two people. There's really two sets of people in rural America for me. It's the people that take the checks and the people that write the checks. And I like the I like the producer who writes the checks, pays yep. for the equipment, pays for the feed, pays for all the things. You know, those are the people that I think deserve to be not subsidized not given a handout. They deserve a free market. That's all they want. They just want the ability to compete. And right now, everything that we see through corporate, you know, through the corporate structure that has been turned into oligarchs, really, that have a cozy relationship with governments and associations is looking to remove the independent thought of the producer. That's Mm -hmm. in their way. That's in their way from lining this thing into a food chain that will, you know, give them a lot of power and a lot of money at the top end and a lot of ways to construct everything down the chain. I'm going to fight it till the day I die. We've got, you know, people always ask for solutions. Solutions been there forever. Solutions been there from when the constitution was written. The solution is a free market. You know, we got to find the will. And if you don't have the will, then you got to deny the market, the food. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. I mean, 2023 is no different than the year one. All these things is about human nature and humanity. And those things move societies. And what moves societies is when you have 300 million people that have obfuscated their responsibility to feed themselves. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing or a good thing. I'm saying that's a reality. That's a truth. Mm-hmm. If you have all of a sudden the top end of those people now telling you how you need to feed them and what you need to think as you're feeding them, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. It's not going to work for Chris Earl. It's not going to work for, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that I know will not play to that game. So, you know, and if, and if that ever comes and it could come is there will be a huge margin of, of protein that doesn't come to the market. And now mm-hmm. you've got a problem. Now yeah. you've got a problem in America because they've allowed this thing to be monopolized. They've allowed this things, these oligarchs to grow at such a level and become so, so, so strong that, you know, they're too big to fail, as they used to say. Well, yep. uh, you know, it could fail. It could fail. And then America's going to pay the bill. In agriculture, that's what we're seeing is this centralization of power, this consolidation, this vertical integration. We've seen it in, in hogs. We've seen it in chickens. And I always say, if I, if I wanted to be fully held captive, if I... If I wanted to be controlled, I'd probably get into a different protein space. But Amanda Radke has no desire to be a JBS ranch cooperator herd. I want to maintain my independence, my liberty, my ability to control my land as I see fit, to bring something to the marketplace that helps to serve a need. And and you say it often, you talk about how we've kind of been sold this bill of goods that's a lie, that we need to be a part of this big food chain. But that food chain takes away the independence, the liberty, the individual, the families. And that's why I think we're seeing just these families get gobbled up in all of this because we're just chasing efficiency to the point that it's sacrificing liberty and independence. I guess, what would you say to that? I see three things. I mean, I think everything you say, I, I, you know, when I go in the market, I see three very distinct things. First thing I see is people that want to participate in the part of the economy and a business, but they don't want to do the physical work, mm-hmm. right? I see a lot of people that are trying to justify their existence in the whole rural America but they don't do the work. Yep. I like people that do the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the physical part of what happens in rural America is still for me, the gold nugget of America. Mm-hmm. And that is, that has to be rewarded. That has to be rewarded with a free market. Those efforts have to be treated freely and openly. And mm-hmm. I think I, you know, we always get experts as we go across this thing, Amanda, there's always an experts and, you know, God bless the PhDs. I get it. I get it. You know, uh, land grant universities, we're always going to them for, you know, they're always speaking at the front. I'll tell you what, I got to buy the, I got a guy that buys 20 bulls from me every year. That's the guy I want to hear talk. Yeah, That's the guy I want to hear. I want to hear the guy that's making a living out in what I'm doing. That's the guy I'm going to go listen to. Yep. I'm not going to go listen to the guy that has all these things that are at his beck and call and all this free will, but that's what we've done. We've, we've posted these people up in front of rural America as the experts. And to be honest with you, what we found is a lot of those guys were bought and paid for, you know, and we just, we have to find the, you know, you know, the experts in in that. Secondly, I see the justification of greed, Mm -hmm. you know, and it is biblical. 
to be frank. It is everything that is depicted all through society. And that is when enough is not enough. Mm-hmm. When, you know, you've just got, you know, that you walk in every day to have more just because you want more mm-hmm. rather than what America used to be. And that is, you know, your neighbor was important to you. He was the guy that come and help you brand. He was the guy that came and, you know, your tractor broke down and he'd finish the field for you. I mean, it used to be very important. And, and now, you know, what we're, what we're seeing and a lot of it because information is so accessible, it just becomes ultra competitive to where, you know, the success of your competition is no longer enough. It's no longer enough. You need more. You need to gobble that guy up. You need to do this. And, and I, I see it all the time. And then really the third thing that, that I see is I see, especially through COVID, I just see a society that has determined that physical work is detrimental to their well-being. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. And that is that, you know, the justification of, of not taking the risk, the justification of uh, making life easier it's a tough one. You know, that's just never been America. It's just never been America. And, I, you know, I'm trying hard to hopefully, you know, I'm getting older, but I'm hopefully trying to be a witness to that to my grandkids and, you know, my kids and all that stuff that it's important. It's important that, that you approach a task to finish it. Those things, you know, on the good side, here's what's, let's go to the good side of what right. I see. Okay. The fundamentals are phenomenal, not for all the right reasons, but at the end of the day, they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Cow numbers, we're still in a depletion mode in this country. Mm-hmm. That cows are still getting sold. Retention is not there. You know, when cow numbers go down, guess what's going to go up? Beef. Beef mm-hmm. is going to go up. And, you know, the marketplace will find a thing because it is consumption is at an all time high. Desire for the American product is unbelievable. The American producer has done a fantastic job. And, you know, those fundamentals of, you know, supply and demand are there they are there. Secondly is I see the best management in the country I've ever seen. You know, as I go across the thing and I see, and I, and I go to places and I go, the management has gotten so specific and technical Mm -hmm. and, and good that, you know, the product is, you know, the product is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, pain, these kind of things, despair, they take a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And what happens is in God's plan, no longer people find a reprieve and people find their breath again and people find a hop back in their step and that kind of thing. I think I'm starting to see that, Amanda. I think I'm starting to see where, especially coming through COVID and and all the things, just all the weight of the world, I think I'm uh, starting to see people that are like, you know what, screw it, let's go. Let's do the best we can. Let's achieve it. Let's get going on this thing. I've never seen more opportunity to market. I, I, I got six, eight programs right now that need that need a manager, you know, need somebody to treat somebody else's product like their own and they'll pay them well. But that labor situation is, is as bad as I've ever seen, but that'll come around. You know, look, I mean, that'll come around as, as God's plan goes, you know, we got to eat. And if we don't raise a product where then get to all corners of the country, then we're going to get it. We're going to get there. We're going to get there through uh, one way or the other. It'll, it'll get raised. And, uh, and uh, hopefully that's this young generation that'll turn the corner and, and, and start working. Well, where the challenges are, that's where the opportunities exist too. And you and I were running around Illinois before the genetic ally sale, visiting ranches, visiting clients, going to look at pairs and, and see what they have coming up for sales. And, you know, there's not many people that want to work outside in 105 degree heat like that and raise cattle. And so I think that's our true value is the people in the beef industry that I know, they they still understand what work is and they're not afraid to do the yeah. work. <laughs> I talked to a couple guys in Oklahoma when I was down there and, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not in the humidity anymore being out in New Mexico, but you know, I went to them. Uh, yeah, boy, it's hot. And they, and look, they, they looked at me and they're like, yeah, it's Oklahoma in the summer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, pretty much. You know, they were like, yeah, tell me something I don't know. So no, I like right, that, right. you know, I like that attitude. So work yep. still got to get done. Cattle still got to be cared, cared for. And this is where we chose and let's, let's go ahead and get it done. And your faith really dictates the kind of line that you 
you, you put in the sand. I had someone tell me, and I, I called you right away, but they said, oh, that Chris Earl is just anti-everything. And I was like, well, he's anti the things I'm anti. I'm anti this big establishment telling the hardworking rancher he's doing everything wrong. He's not green enough. He's not sustainable enough. He's not doing all these things that are going to eventually become, well, do these things and the market will reward you. No, it's do these things. It becomes a mandate. It becomes more expensive for you to operate. And then we're going to just wipe you out because there's a bigger guy that can do it better and more efficient. And just, I, I, we're kind of talking vaguely here because you mentioned associations and that kind of thing too, but we've talked about it off recording at times. I, I spoke at a university this summer, won't say which one, but the dean of the college got up and he said, the future of agriculture, and here's what we're going to work on in the university. Here's the three things, carbon capture, which is producing nothing, artificial intelligence, which is anti-human, and oh, gene editing livestock, which erases the work of the hardworking independent producer who has spent his lifetime trying to select and put pressure on different traits to make the perfect animal. And now we're just going to wipe that out and create it in a Petri dish. And I, you've been vocal on that. Why, why is that, that you've been vocal on some of these things? Because I, I, I mean, I know the answer, but, but tell, tell the listeners, I guess, what, where you stand and why you are willing to speak out against some of these issues that most guys are silent on. The task of life is people's souls. That's the task of life. The task of my life is not a prime steak. The task of my life is not 240 bushel corn. The task of my life is, can I answer God's will in order to impact people for their eternal salvation? And in turn, if I do that, that could possibly help mine. And that's as simple as my life gets. So, you know, as I come across these things, I try and speak not my truths, but I try and speak the truth of one, Jesus Christ and his, and his salvation and passion. And then two, the American constitution, which I believe was set up after the life of Jesus Christ. So, you know, those things are important to me. So as I come across things, business or personal, I'd like to think I'm very upbeat and passionate about helping people, but I'm going to speak the truth no matter to my demise or not. I mean, to matter whatever the cost is. And look, I, I fail on that too at times. But when I do fail, I feel the Holy Spirit, you know, saying, hey, you, you, you know, you have to speak up here, you know, mm -hmm. and it's important for you and it's important for people. And so I try and bring a level of truth in all these things that is important in sustaining people, mm -hmm. not sustaining a food chain, not sustaining a corporation not sustaining the American producer is married has for the most part has a wife that's gone along with them on this road. Mm -hmm. They have kids mm -hmm. that they're supporting through this way of life. That is my corporation. Mm -hmm. That is my segment by which I look to help. And when I see anything in the market that's looking to peel this way of life and the creation of life and the bringing up of those kids in our way of life, I'm going to fight against it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to speak against it because I know in my soul, deep down, this way of life was made to bring out of nature. All the challenges was to bring us closer to the Lord yep. and I'm going to fight against it. And I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice in my conscience. That's the way I'm going to be good or bad. Uh, I'm wrong a lot of times. But it doesn't take away from the fact, am I willing to answer my conscience, speak up for what I believe to be right or true, and then uh, plow into what I think is the great freewheeling market of the American people and try and support all the great ranches that I've been on and all the great friends that I've made and, and all the great that we've come across. That's what I get up and pursue every day, including my own my own family. So. Yep. As I looked across the sale at Genetic Allies, I saw Clay and his family. I saw all the families there, the young people. And it was like, you kind of tear up a little bit because that it, it matters. These are people with hopes and dreams. They have a fire in their belly, a passion for this business and a lot of obstacles in their way, but yet they're willing to step into the arena and fight the good fight. And it's really exciting and it's really heartening when folks like that can get their payday. I drove home from that trip and I just thought, man, it's a great day to be in the cattle business. And there's so nothing better. Yeah, there's, there's nothing better than that. Risk and rewards and the rewards are great. So I know right. I only, I promised you 30 minutes. We're pushing 45, <laughs> but I have a few more things I want to want to ask sure. you. Hey, put on your consultant hat. If you were the, the cow man listening right now, what would you tell them going into the fall? Are we buying? What are we doing? What are we doing? I, 
I would buy, buy, buy cows. You know, my good friend, uh, my good friend, Joe Goggins always says, you have to have inventory to take advantage of a market. Mm-hmm. And he's absolutely true. I mean, he's based in fundamentals. That's a fundamental. That's yeah. a fundamental. And then, you know, look, we are not going to beat people on margins. We are not going to beat cor- corporations on margins, but we can beat, beat them on effort. We can beat them on design of your product that nobody else has and make that product as good as it can be. That's how we can compete. And if those fundamentals all went away, I'd go find something else to do. But those fundamentals are still there. They are still there that bring about competition and then the ability to get up every morning and attack the task. Because I guarantee you that is getting lost and lost and lost. There's people talking themselves out of this way of life every day, every day. And I think if you can stay true to that, I don't even know what your upside is. I'll be honest with you, Amanda. I don't, there is more opportunity in this cattle business than I have ever seen. And it's going to take a strong back and a strong mind. You're going to have to take some risk. But I think if you're willing to get in here, learn, raise a product, do good at it, brand it in your own effort and design, then I think it's endless on what can happen. The ingenuity of the American people is still there. We're going to see it over the next 12 to 24 months and the way people market beef. It's still there. It's still there. We just we we're trying to build confidence that they can come out to the market with it. So capture value and there's no better way to do it than at a live auction and with uh, buyers in the stands and they're excited. And I mean, I'm a client too. Radke Land and Cattle, we are, we are learning as we go. We are doubling, yep. tripling down. We might be scared while we're doing it, but we're, we're going full steam ahead because it, like you said, the fundamentals are there. It's an exciting time. The prices are reflecting that. So just looking quickly into the fall, what do we got coming up? We've got several sales coming down the pike, a lot going on with CK6. We've got a lot coming down. We've got California bull sales coming, you know, that I'm really anxious for the California bull market to start to see how this thing's really going to open. California is really a great kind of identifier of, it's kind of, they're kind of a market upon themselves, but but it's a great identifier of demand. You know, we've got a great sale coming. Uh, we've got some sales coming up on the East Coast, Point Pleasant. You'll be there speaking. That'll be great again. And they got a fabulous offering, hardest working people, great people, you know, and just what they've taken that program to is uh, really unbelievable. And, you know, then we've got, you know, we've got some later, we've got some early December bull, bull sales. We've got some more female sales. Really, be honest with you. When August started, I know I, I, when August started, uh, it, it looked like May 1st, you know, I mean, it was just, yeah. we Wes and I were like, holy smokes, you know, but, you know, we just, uh, we want, you know, we want to keep the momentum going for the clients and the, and the, and the market. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of these things now that we're really helping establish value and in a true sense of the word, in a true free market and all the things that I think are important to me. And I think that's exciting. You know, we just got done with my good friend, Fred Lenz's sale down there. And, you know, he's chosen a direction that I think is exciting as anything I can remember. And I, it just shows, uh, you know, a guy that 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 is an expert at what he does, Amanda, to come back to the backside and and decide he's going to ranch in Oklahoma and do it the right way and focus in on the bulls and and that kind of thing. You know, I, I, I'm you know, I'm just proud of them. I'm proud that we're associated with it. I'm proud that we're in, in, in there and keep an eye on that program. It, it'll, it'll, this thing could really establish uh, where, where guys with his wherewithal could come into this business with the right approach and the right thing and, and really set a mark that I think could be exciting. So. Well, and I, I appreciate Fred. He listened to one episode of his podcast and he said, I want in. So I'm very grateful for the support, but he is such a cool story of a guy that started in a butcher shop in Chicago, and he's worked his way back to the ranch. That that doesn't happen in this country. Guys don't. He's a worker. Fred, 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 Fred Lynn's a worker. I mean, he's up late. I get the calls. He's up early. I get the calls every day. He's, you know, on a plane or on a thing or on the ranch. I mean, Fred Lynn's has got that Midwest work ethic. He's South Side Chicago to a core. You know, he started doing this when he was 16 years old or maybe 14. And and it shows because he is absolutely passionate about it. And he will not be denied success in the Angus seed stock business. He won't be. It's just great, great to watch and be part of. Save 20% on your next beef purchase at, at <laughs> yeah, Shop Lynn and the 20. By the way, yeah, speaking of, of beef, we've got another client doing something pretty innovative coming up this fall. Let's talk about Texas Beef House and Capital Angus. What are they doing? So, this is his Well, Capital Angus is one you know, you mentioned hard work and they're Texans, you know, I mean, they are, will get into something now and you better look out when a Texan gets into something because they will, <laughs> they will plow into this thing. And I love it. Right. 
Aaron Duvall, the owner of, of Capilang, is one of the most brilliant men I've ever been around. I mean, he's got a way about him that is both in science and human nature and God-fearing nature for sure. He's brilliant. And, uh, you know, and and I, I, I hope all my clients and I hope a lot of the business gets to meet him because he is, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's a brilliant mind. And so and he's fearless. He's a lot like you. He's fearless when it comes to ideas. And I post him to him and we talk all the time. And and then he's got a son, Tyler, that, you know, classic Texan, you know, everybody loves Ty Tyler in the business, big, tall Texan working just willing to learn. And he has come so far in such a short time. You know, I'm so excited about their sale this year. The bulls look tremendous. I mean, just the, he's catered his management to the genetics and just excited to be watch that thing grow in East Texas. And, you know, I just pitched an idea to him. I've been thinking about for two, two years. And, you know, I get a lot of calls as I speak and a lot of restaurateurs that call and that kind of thing. And they say they only get 25% of their order, 50% of their order. And I know how it is. I used to have a meat company. Guys print menus. You know, those things cost, you know, to have a menu in front of a thing, they need to have the product. So, you know, I started thinking about an idea of making a meat monthly or semi-monthly where they could access through an auction and buy it <laughs> and really price discover cuts you know, of meat and primals and for those places, for those restaurants that still cut their own steaks. And I love those steakhouses. I mean, I'm one of these guys, man, I'll pay 40 or a hundred. I don't care. I just want the experience. Yep. You know, that's a huge margin. Right. And, and I think these restaurateurs know that margin. They need the product. Yep. So I pitched this to Aaron and Tyler and they just immediately were like, let's do it. You know, just fearless. They have a great meat company called uh, Texas Beef House and already it's doing fabulous things. Well, I, I just really wanted to get their product in front of, uh, I thought they were the perfect people. I really want to get their product in front of an auction process. So we're going to auction beef for the first time. And I think there's probably maybe a handful. Of, I, I don't, I don't want to say we're the first ones to do it, but it's nothing on a national scale that I've seen yet. We're going to auction beef and uh, we're going to see what, price discovery is on something that somebody really needs, really wants, really wants to sell it. And, um, you know, I'm excited to get it going. That'll be in November, right after, right before their bull sale and production sale. So they got a cool sale barn. They got a cooler space right there. We're going to have it all laid out and we're going to have it all thing and we're going to sell it, you know? So, uh, we're going to have some advertising, the positioning, and we're trying to make some contacts, the positioning of the buyer, trying to access the buyer and let them know about this is, is a challenge, you know, because yep. we're beef people, you know, we're cattle people. So, but we'll get it figured out. And, uh, and that's our goal. And uh, our goal is that this will be a continually going thing and that it'll bring a whole new uh, option to Capilangus on their uh, beef side that it's price discovered. So. Well, I'm thrilled. It's it's always scary to try something new and see what the market says. But we we made the big announcement while in Illinois for the Genetic Allies. I drug Tyler along with me to a carnivore meetup of people straight out of <laughs> Chicago. And he yep. came with me and we, we answered all kinds of questions about cattle. And then you probably didn't notice, but the front table at the sale was a bunch of Oh, Chicago. I did. <laughs> yeah, you probably yeah. did. They stuck out. Yeah. Actually, Awesome. They made a bunch of videos while the sale was going on in the back with the cows and they're commentating like, can you believe the first lot went for 50,000 plus like their minds were blown. But to me, it's really cool to see that come full circle where you can get people outside of your industry to come in. They appreciate what you're doing. They love your product and they're willing to pay for it. So that's absolutely that's what we're absolutely. And that's what we're going to bring we want. to the table. Now, the yep. boys would be mad if we didn't say reverse rock and R sales first week in December. Make plans to attend that. The ranch is beautiful. And uh, last thing I want to talk about is the semen sales. So the, the semen sales were incredible at the Genetic Allies. I think it's it's rocking and rolling. But you are bringing it to the marketplace through CK6 Source. Tell us about CK6 Source. So we are. So CK6 Source is an our online uh, semen sales company that uh, in conjunction with CK6 Consulting, and really it's an effort to really was to bring more money back to the producer that owns the genetics or created the genetics. Yep. And that was the simple mindset of it. You know, as we got into it three, four years ago, I just saw another avenue of on the right bulls that I thought, you know, 30 to $40 just, you know, for creating your own competition and, and selling that, I just didn't think it was enough, Amanda. I just didn't think that creating your own competition at a mass level and only getting back, you know, 15, uh, 30% of it, of yeah. the 30 or $40 just wasn't 
you know, a viable business plan for people that raise these things. I mean, these are this these bulls are people's life's work now. I mean, yep. these things are important to people, and there are people that buy them. You know, we bought a bull for nine hundred thousand. There was no way to pay for a bull we buy for nine hundred thousand for thirty or forty dollars. There just wasn't. You weren't right. going to be able to sell that much semen. So, you know, we really decided to take this thing and and I wanted to bring more value back to the producer, and that is through the animal, really. And I think so limiting your sales and limiting your availability to that, you know, really push the value up. I think it's pushed the value up of bulls. I think it's pushed the values up of females. I think people are excited that they could possibly on their ranch, on that their own personal property, on their property rights, that they could own, you know, exclusive genetics. And I think that's exciting for people and it should be. So, you know, we're very excited about that. Not that there's not going to be a role still for a lot of people that I think in that 30 to $50 range that would like access to those bulls. I think that is probably still, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still tweaking my mind on this, man. I, I, I still don't know that the best direction, you know, for the business going forward is not diversity and branding, because I really think it takes it back to the breeder rather than, you know, having mass supply of semen all across every region of the country to where, you know, really it makes you look at the sire or the dam. I, I like to look at the breeder, you know, mm -hmm. and I think maybe limiting this long term as a CK6 source plan, maybe a couple auctions a year. That's it. Through CK6 source. We sell them that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm looking at those things. So, but for the most part, we're still focused on generating value back on some elite sires that we have put our selection pressures on that can pay the producer, pay the owner. So. Radkeland and cattle acquired a reverse rock and our ball named blue duck. That's available yeah. semen for sale. Go check it out. You're pretty but, good at this, Amanda. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, I gotta get my own selfish plugs in. I got a bowl to pay. Right. For. Uh, right. Oh, we're talking about the auction. I'm sure people got a lot of chatter with what happened with Don Julio this, this past spring. I mean, talk about eye, eye opening, eyebrow raising auction sale. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I got a great client in Kern Cattle Company. They're fearless. They're they're dairy slash beef people in California, and you know they use a lot of semen. They need a lot of semen in order to breed their Holstein cows and and heifers. So you know they decided instead of buying semen, why don't they just buy genetics themselves? And and in turn, they can monetize a pretty high dollar bull just through just through making semen themselves and putting it on their Holstein cows. So you know they came up with a great idea and approached me about it and. And, and really, you know, let's just sell 10 uh, straws on this pole, maybe forever. And man, I just, that kind of stuff gets me excited. You know, I mean, just to be able to put that into the market and to put that in the scenario and create genetics that would be very exclusive just to that, just to that bull. And, you know, so we put it in the sale and, and price discovered it, you know, just a cane of semen. And, uh, you know, it brought 7,500 a straw to GMC uh, Genetics and, and Angus in West West Virginia. <laughs> Casey's one of my clients. He really put my feet to the fire. You know, he basically sent me a text right after he bought it. You know, I didn't, I, my, I, I give everyone my gut level on what something's worth. He blew right past it, you know, <laughs> and now he says monetize it, you know, make it. So that's what we've done. And we're excited to have them and excited to have the bull and have as an option when we go to IVF donors or when we go to breed donors and, and, uh, you know, we've made a lot of embryos out of it all, all already. So, yeah, I mean, I think those things, uh, to be frank, have brought value to even people that aren't my clients. I think it's brought value to the business as that is people really think that there is some value that we haven't found yet. And the way to do that is limit it, make it exclusive, make it a heck of a bowl. Right. And uh, give people the opportunity on a very limited basis to acquire it. So um, uh, we're proud of uh, our role in all, all that. Because I, I think it's brought money and value right back to the producer owner. It's very exciting. And if folks want to learn more, they can check out Chris Earl at Reverse Rock and Our Ranch at ck6consulting.com or ck6source.com. Any parting words, words of encouragement before I let you get back to ranching? Yeah, I just, you know, my my words always encouraging. I, I, I'm i a glass half full guy or three quarter full or all the way full. It's a great life. I, I've got a great life and I want other people to experience the life that I've got both in family and, and ranching and cattle and exposure to other people. You know, like when we were in Australia, I, I, you know, I've got a passenger seat on my truck empty most of the time. I would say anybody that ever wants to ride with me, go do herd visits, get up driveways, meet the people. It's, priceless to be frank and i just as we get into more you know we went through covid and the computer and all that stuff 
that's not the good part of the business. The good part of the business is getting on other people's place, making those relationships, seeing the management brings brings validity to your to your breeding decisions. If you can see the management, see the cattle. And I just keep encouraging people to travel and get out and do the hard work of the business. And and it won't feel like hard work. You'll really enjoy it and learn a lot. So. I love it. Yep. It's community. It's family. It's all the good stuff. And it's that ever increasing challenge, but reward rewarding of your efforts and your ability to be progressive and innovative and, and put in the time and energy, blood, sweat, and tears. When it all comes together, there's nothing better. There really is. Truth usually comes out when you're eye to eye, Amanda. That's yep. why it's a great thing to get out. So it is. It is. Well, it's family helping families and I, yep. I just love it. I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Thank you, Chris Earl, for coming on the show and we'll see you on the dusty trail. Thanks, Amanda. You're the best. The Heart of Rural America is presented in part by Lynn's Heritage Angus and Meats by Lynn's. Founded in 1963 as a Chicago neighborhood butcher shop and growing to an international supplier of high-quality beef in the white tablecloth space, Meats by Lynn's is a four-generation family-owned business. The Lynn's Heritage Angus program was developed to allow for greater control of the end product, a focus on using elite Angus genetics while also managing the feed, environment, age, and weight of the cattle allows Fred Lins and his crew the ability to source the very best beef produced from the heart of their Angus program, meeting and exceeding the needs of their customers worldwide. Discover more at linsheritageangus.com and shop for beef at shoplins.com. Use code AMANDA20 to save 20% on your next beef purchase. That's a pretty sweet deal, my fellow beef lovers. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you found value in the message, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe and share to help spread the word. Until next time we meet on the Dusty Trail, I'm Amanda Radke, and this is the heart of rural America.